listening to Grace Saves All, the podcast which exists at the spiritual intersection of Christianity and universal salvation. In this podcast, we will be exploring an ancient and modern approach to Christianity which affirms both that grace saves alone and that grace goes to all. And now, here is David Artman, author of Grace Saves All, The Necessity of Christian Universalism. Well, hello again, old friends, and hello for the first time to new ones. This is the place where I'm wanting to have a really important discussion with you about Christianity and universal salvation. If you would, think of one of those Venn diagrams where the circles overlap. In one circle, there's Christianity, and in the other circle, there's universal salvation, the idea that no one stays lost forever because all the lost will finally be found. Now, where Christianity and universal salvation overlap in our imaginary Venn diagram is best described as Christian universalism. And it's Christian universalism because not all Christians are universalists, and not all universalists are Christians. As a matter of fact, It's news to many people that there are actually very biblically informed Christians who believe Christianity means God is in this for the final good of everyone. This is news to many people because the only Christianity they've ever heard of is a Christianity where pretty much the whole point is escaping the eternal hell God has prepared for fallen sinners who don't get right in this life. And so as far as they know, when it comes to Christianity, it's not a matter of if many will be lost forever, but how many will be lost forever, and how bad it will actually end up being for them. They just don't know that Christianity was ever anything different than that. They don't know that in the earliest centuries of the church there were Christians and church fathers like Gregory of Nyssa, who naturally read and spoke the Greek the New Testament was written in, and who concluded, by the way, that the God revealed in Jesus was in the business of saving everyone. And so what I want to let people know is the good news that it is quite possible to really be Christian and to have a universal salvation approach, just like those early Christians had. In this approach, Christ is central. All will finally see the light. Free will will be preserved. Judgment, call it hell if you want, will last for as long as is necessary. But finally, restoration and reconciliation will have the last word in every case. Even though this approach to Christianity was an established option in the early centuries of the church, the church tragically almost entirely lost its universal vision in Western Christianity once it became tangled up with the Roman Empire and its needs for order, control, and power. So for lots of very understandable historical reasons, The Western Christianity, which descended from the last period of the Roman Empire, lost its early optimism about the restoration of all people as part of God's ultimate restoration of the entire created order. However, the good news is that a distinctively Christian universalism like theirs is being recovered and restored to its rightful place. It's on the rebound with renewed interest and renewed scholarly support, And one of the reasons this is so important at this crucial time when we are more interrelated and more multicultural and more informed than we've ever been is because without a universal scope of salvation in view, Christianity is very vulnerable to the charge that its God is not all good. 
Because if God is claimed to be all-knowing and all-powerful, as the Christian tradition has strongly affirmed, then if God does not finally bring good outcomes for everyone, the goodness of God suffers, and the God of Christianity cannot be said to be purely good. And so a universalist kind of Christianity in which all are ultimately brought to a good end is the only form of Christianity which logically holds together a God who is all-good, all-powerful, and all-knowing. It's also the only Christian theology which grants full power to grace. Another casualty of the Western Christian tradition has been that grace has lost its full power. And that's because Christianity in Western civilization became attached to a doctrine of an eternal hell. And the result of this was that grace became seriously limited in one way or another. The reason for this being that if all are not going to be saved, then the power of grace logically must be limited in one of two ways. If grace is said to actually be the way God leads people all the way to salvation, then the only reason all are not going to be saved must be because God does not give grace to all. And then on the other hand, if God gives grace to all and all are not saved, then it must be because grace doesn't actually include God's commitment to lead people all the way to salvation. Grace just means God is in it to give them a chance at making it. The end result of all of this is that either way we reach the same ominous conclusion, and that is that the God of Western Christianity, the God of the Western Christian tradition, knew in advance that many or perhaps most would not be saved for one reason or another, and went ahead with creation anyway, knowing full well that their doom was enfolded within it. And so modern Western Christianity suffers from a diminished view of grace, in which grace either goes to all but does not actually save them, or grace is reduced to that which does save all to whom it goes, but doesn't go to all. And a further consequence of all of this is this limitation of grace ends up giving us a diminished view of God, a God whose goodness is tarnished, because if God's grace was never going to save all in the first place, then that means God creates people whom God knows from the very beginning will never have any hope of salvation. And any God who creates hopeless situations for people cannot be said to be all good. And this is why we should be thankful that Christianity and universal salvation can overlap in Christian universalism, because if we can't have an all-knowing and all-powerful God who brings all people to a good end, then we can't have a Christian God who is all-good, and we can't answer important questions about the problem of evil and about how hell and judgment fit within the plans of a loving God. So, Christian universalism is so important, so necessary, because it actually solves all of these problems. And so we are in the midst of a strong comeback of Christian universalism. And there's a lot of recent scholarly work being done on it. And there's a lot of interest in it among just regular folks out there who are facing the hardships of life. And they need a positive, hopeful spirituality, which is also connected to Jesus. Because there's something about Jesus that just keeps coming through. And so conversations like we will be having here are on the rise. We are in the midst of a very momentous time where we are going through a recasting or a reformulation or a remembering a kind of re-putting things back together again. There's a huge conversation going on about all of this right now. And after over 30 years in pastoral ministry, I believe it's time for me to switch gears and spend my time now focused on these things and doing my part in helping us to have this conversation. So I started by writing a book about it called Grace Saves All, The Necessity of Christian Universalism. 
and it's now become an audiobook on Audible, narrated by my friend George Saris, who has his own really good book on this topic as well, which we will eventually get to. And it's George's voice that you hear at the beginning and end of this podcast. So here we are now at Grace Saves All, the podcast. In the first season, I'll be laying out the case I make in my book for a biblically grounded Christian universalism, which is in line with early church fathers, which is biblically based, and which is grounded in the historic core of the Christian faith. And all of this will be more than an argument that Christian universalism is permissible. It will be an argument that Christian universalism is actually necessary, actually required, in order to ultimately defend the goodness of God, and to have a Christianity which actually makes sense. Of course, all of this raises numerous questions which we will be addressing in the coming episodes about the Bible and judgment and grace and the meaning of salvation and free will and the place for mystery and about the fate of the most evil people who have ever lived and whether or not there is any way it would ever be fair for them to finally make it to heaven. I'll address all of these questions and more in season one. And then we will branch out and start doing interviews and see where it goes from there. As I said earlier, my background is in church, but a very unique kind of church which actually encourages free thinking. The name of our church, our denomination, is the Christian Church, parenthesis, Disciples of Christ. You can find us at disciples.org online. And as I mentioned earlier, my job for many years has been within a church context, helping people to see that Christian spirituality is actually much broader than most people know, and then to help them to realize that there is a place where they fit in, even when they may have thought for a long time that there wasn't one, and then to help them to grow in their spirituality. So what I'm doing now is really just an extension of all of this, because I believe that a positive, universal spirituality centered in Jesus is now more important than ever for so many reasons. So I invite you to join me in what I hope will be an extended, enlightening, hopeful journey where we will increasingly become more and more spiritually oriented towards a Christian vision of a completely good and truly loving God at the center of everything whose transforming goodness and perfecting love is entirely available to all of us and at work right now and will ultimately be completely victorious in the lives of all of us. Next time, I will begin laying out a five-point biblical theology for Christian universalism, because that's the first thing people are usually curious about. They want to know how I can back all of this up in the Bible because they didn't know it was even possible to back it up in the Bible. So that's where we will go next time. Until then, I invite you to join me in believing in a grace that saves all. Thank you for joining us in this episode of Grace Saves All. You can help spread the word by sharing this podcast with others and by giving it a rating on iTunes. If you want to find out more about David or if you'd like to leave him a message, go to his website, davidartman.net. In the meantime, let's work together to help a hurting world know about the greatest news ever announced.